All right, welcome to another episode of Growth Marketers Podcast. I am Solomon Timothy. And I am Taylor Rowe. Today's episode topic is brand, and specifically leveraging brand or creating a brand as a demand accelerator or as an accelerant to your, your marketing strategy. So we dove into really what that topic means, what brand means, and how organizations can implement some sort of a branding activity or branding strategy to their marketing and what that means across all of your different marketing channels. Because we know that branding is something, I think every marketer admits or you know will say, hey, we got to do something about branding. Branding is great. You know, Sales reps love that when they talk to prospects, they've already heard of them. They know who they are. They're trusted in the industry. But how do you actually do that at an organization and how do you get your organization to buy in? So hopefully you guys uh, enjoy the topic today. And uh, as always, like, go to our, you know, if you like the podcast, give us a like, share it, and certainly follow us for more similar episodes. All right, Taylor, we're back in the studio. It's making another. Absolutely. Um, so today we're going to talk about brand as a demand accelerator. Sure. Uh, I think so many times people don't understand that you could use your brand to generate more sales. Digital marketing is everything is trackable. So people want to track everything. Oftentimes we forget building the brand. So I want to talk about how do you use brand as a demand accelerator today? That's okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. Maybe yeah. you can just kind of start it up and share what sure. it is. Yeah. I mean, I think the first thing that we need to clarify is like what brand is and not necessarily branding. And you also can't, in my opinion, you can't buy brand, right? I think when companies, in agencies and marketers in today's age look at brand, they say, okay, well, you know, a portion of this strategy needs to be on brand or, you know, we need to do something to build brand. And it consists of, you know, digital, what I would refer to as like digital billboards. Sure. So we take, you know, images, we take brand, we take whatever we want to promote, we promote on Facebook, LinkedIn, you know, Instagram, and we're mindset changes from we don't need to generate leads. This is just branding. So we're looking for impressions, views, engagement metrics, whatever that may be. But Brand, in the sense of what we're talking about for today's discussion, and really, I think just so that as marketers, we have a clear definition of brand, brand is more of the identity of your organization, right? And so it's like your reputation almost as well as like, you know, the saying of your reputation precedes you, that is your brand, right? And so a good brand is seen as, you know, a thought leader is seen as trusted um, and when done correctly and done properly, like you mentioned, brand is an accelerator to the sales process, to demand generation, to lead generation, whatever you want to look at. Brand is something that, you know, is a accelerator, is a is lighter fluid to that whole process. Mm-hmm. And it's something that you can't necessarily measure in the same way that you can measure the other channels. So that's what we want to talk about today in terms of what is brand and then how do we leverage brand as marketers? I think there's two things that we need to dive into today is why most companies aren't doing it properly or aren't able to execute. One is it's very hard. It's very difficult. It's not, you know, easy. We've talked about in previous podcasts, like, you know, as marketers and as consumers, we always take the path of least resistance. Brand is against the current. It's against the grain. It's something else that's more difficult to execute. The second half of it, which is probably the, the biggest reason why companies don't execute is that it's very hard, if not impossible, to measure in a lot of cases, right. especially on a short term. We live in such a society of you know instant gratification yep. and performance-based marketing that if we don't see ROI in one day, one week, one month, one quarter, even one year, 
you know, we're throwing that out and we're just focusing on things that CROI. So in a short term, it's very hard to measure. It's very hard to execute. So let's just jump into executing brand, right? So when we talk about becoming a, a thought leader, becoming a, you know, leader in the industry and positioning yourself so customers know and trust you, what sort of activities would you recommend for companies to execute on? I mean, if it's building a brand, you have to, you know, maybe it's creating content, mm-hmm. it's creating awareness, anything that lets people know that if you have this problem, if you have this thing, here's what we do. So people know exactly what your company does. Right. So this podcast is the, an example, in my opinion, of something that we're going to use to create the brand, right. but not so much that this is going to turn into a customer tomorrow. And then, you know, it's going to be a million referrals as a result. That's not the goal here. We want to share what we believe. We want to share right. who we are, as transparent as I might be, so customers can get to know right. us a little better. Yeah, and I think probably the, the more difficult piece of that is that there's so much noise out there today that in order to break through the noise, you even have to go further outside of the norm to differentiate yourself. So like to scale in this scenario, you have to do the unscalable activities mm. to really build a brand, to position yourself as a thought leader, especially when it comes to the marketing space, which we're in, because there's so many marketers out there, they're all, all right. following the same playbook. And if your industry is the same way that everyone's doing the same thing, it's easy as a marketer to just do the status quo, especially if you're an internal marketer, like you're not going to get fired from your job for doing exactly what your competitors are doing, right? But you're also not going to differentiate yourself from your competition. So sometimes it's more difficult as an internal marketer or as an agency to pitch that strategy or that idea from a marketing standpoint of, hey, let's tackle the hardest projects that we can do and let's do unscalable things. Like you said, let's create a podcast, you know, every week or every day, or let's host, you know, events for our industry, or let's, you know, all of these things that seem like a lot of time commitment, maybe it takes a lot of money, and it doesn't result in leads or sales tomorrow, like a Google ads campaign would. And so those things that make it more difficult to execute also make it worthwhile, in my opinion, because no one else is doing it. Correct. And also, like you said, the VP of sales one leads now. So there's never any budget. Yeah. I don't know if you want to speak to that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, that's the thing is when you're putting together a, a campaign, right? And if you say, hey, I want 10% of this to be towards brand or 80% of this to be towards brand, whatever your metrics are, then like you said, internally, it's a lot of times difficult to get buy-in because you can measure so many things in digital marketing and especially hard to get buy-in if everything else is working well. Right. Because it's like, we're already seeing success. Why would you intentionally and knowingly go against that and say, I know that we're getting a, you know, three times, four times return on our ad spend on, you know, our current search ads. I want to take 10% of that budget and dump it in a brand, knowing that I'm not going to see a return on investment maybe this right. year, maybe ever direct correlation return on investment, right? So it's hard to get that, but the long-term effects are beneficial, you know, when we talk about brand being a demand accelerator, what you're doing is then further creating content that your audience wants to engage with and that resonates with them and is valuable. So what you're doing is educating your audience. So when you look at that from a sales perspective, you have a more educated buyer, which means sales cycles are going to decrease. You're going to have a faster sales cycle. Uh, your win rates, win rates, excuse me, are going to increase, right? So now we're getting more qualified leads, which means we're closing faster and a higher percentage. 
which ultimately means what? Now your cost of acquisition is going to go down because you're spending less time with them. You're winning more of the deals. You have to handle less leads, inbound right. leads to actually close more in revenue. And you're going to have a stickier, more long-term customer if you're in some sort of a retainer-based business or upsell, cross-sell, whatever that may be. Because now your customer now understands and values what you have to offer before they're even reaching out to you. So those are benefits that aren't necessarily measured in direct correlation, but we've seen time and time again do have an impact. And the companies that have a brand, we all know those those brands, right? On the B2B side and the consumer side, you have a brand in mind that you know and trust that maybe you've never even bought from, but as soon as you're in that market, you're going to go to them, right? Yeah. Next time you go get a mortgage, you're going to go to Rocket Mortgage or whatever that may be, right? right. Just because you know, you trust. They've that ingrained that, in your brain. Exactly. They're the right company. Right. And so those are the kind of things that that do come out of that. But it is very difficult to execute because as I mentioned earlier, it has to be valuable, which means it's not just activity-based of, hey, let's post on social media once a week, right? No, it's let's post on LinkedIn three times a week and not just posts so that we have activity. Let's look at something that is actually going to engage our customer base. So it takes, you know, hours of research to do that. Again, it's it's maybe it's seemingly an unscalable activity, but what are we what are we doing this for? And if it's just to check the boxes, then sure. It's that status quo mentality, like I mentioned. If we want to go outside the box and do something different, it's going to take more time, more effort, more resources. But the only way to get that outcome is to put in more work than your competition is doing. I mean, I think as a marketer, the best thing you can do is build that brand, right? So people know, like you said, and I think another thing is people that have a really, really solid brand, they charge more. Yeah. You buy a brand because it sounds premium right. because, oh, it's a Michelin tire. I don't know anything right. about tires, but you heard that yeah. name before, right? So all of a sudden, if that's $70 more, you're like, yeah, I'll rather buy that than something that you may not know. Right. And I think that could be in almost every industry. I know in when you do search ads, you search for something, you see four ads, you right. click on the brand that you know. Right. There's that affinity like, oh, I'm going to click on that because I've seen their stuff before. And now that company gets higher click-through rate and they pay lower per click because of that awareness factor. Right. So you just touched on two important things. I didn't at, even mean to touch at on the, those at things. The very, <laughs> at the very beginning of that process, that initial click. Yeah. Now, like, again, you can't measure that. But you can if you look at that and say, okay, have our click-through rates gone up since we've been spending $10,000 a month on right. branding activities or whatever that is. The click-through rates are going up. Conversion rates are you know, Correct. going up. And then, like you said, the sales cycle. And then at the, the other end, so very minute detail is you're spending less on a click. The other end of it is now we can charge more for the customers we do have because we have more demand than we can handle. So we can pick and choose which customers we want to work with. We can charge more. We can charge a premium. There's so many other benefits. Of that. How many times have you felt like they give you very good service, but then half the money is going to spend on branding their company again? Like, right. don't you think that? I mean, that's what Apple does. Right. They take $1,000 for the iPhone and take $500 and put it more billboards to tell them that you need the iPhone. I mean, it's yeah. what companies do. And so they charge more, but they're growing, like you said, is they're growing faster because of the awareness. Yeah. There's not a line out the door in other stores, but there is for an Apple store because it's just that brand. People right. believe everything it's the they same do. same product, essentially. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's, I mean, <clears throat> and, and people look at that on the B2B side and say, well, how can you build a brand? How can you build a following when, you know, we're just 
we manufacture this or that or we're in B2B. It's not how it works. But the the counter argument to that would be, yeah, B2B is, you know, not something that you do online. It's always a relationship based business. It's a shit, you know, handshake type of right. deal. It's like that's exactly what we're talking about when we're talking about true brand is how do we get more of those opportunities and how do we build that trust? It's, it is relationship based. So we build that trust through educating the customer. The reason that people do business with you as a B2B brand is that you are well known in the industry or that you have a track record of success, right? Or they've had a great experience working with you. So brand is just expediting that or extrapolating that rather in terms of now let's make sure that more people are aware of us and what we do and who we help outside of just our existing customers, because otherwise you're just going to continue to do business with your existing customers. So it's difficult to make happen. It's it's hard to execute. And I think that's one of the reasons that, that people don't do it at, at a high level. Brands don't do it. The other side of it is it is hard to measure, uh, right? There's so many marketing tools that are out there, analytics yeah. tools. Everything is about Be- measuring. Believe me, we we have every one of them in the book, right? And we, we work with organizations that were very results oriented. So we track everything that we do because if we can't track it, we can't, you know, measure mm-hmm. it, we can't, you know, optimize it. But there are things that can be beneficial to our business, to our clients' business, such as brand, that sometimes you just can't track, right? You realistically the technology doesn't exist today to track 15 touches before someone reaches out to you, which in a lot of cases that's what happens, right? They may consume your content. There's scenarios where someone could be consuming your content on LinkedIn and then even follow you on LinkedIn because so many other people are sharing it in their network that they don't right. need to follow you, but they consume your content four or five, six times, then they reach out to you. So how do you measure that, right? I mean, you can't measure individual LinkedIn posts. It's sort of the sum of all of your activities rather than individual touches that you're really going to see the the benefits. So it's hard to measure. And as marketers, as business owners, the measurement of marketing always falls back to what business owners and entrepreneurs and senior executives understand. And I think what most organizations that we see, B2B organizations, they understand sales and they understand production of whatever they're creating, right? The operations and the sales. And they're applying that same idea to marketing. So the playbook is how many webinar attendees can you get? How many ebook downloads can you get? And just trickle down from there. Certain percentage are going to be qualified. Certain percentage are going to hit this, 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 and this. And so every, all efforts go into generating programmatic leads. effort. Yeah, exactly. So leads are being generated. Demand gen leads are being generated for ebook downloads. And the other side of that is just performance based marketing, which again follows that same playbook. What is our click through rate? What is the right. cost per click? How many visitors? What is the conversion rate? How many of those conversions become leads? How many demos do we have to do? Very in scientific. Order? Yeah. So, but that's that's that sales mentality is very transactional. So because it's so hard to measure. It's also hard to get buy-in, especially like I mentioned earlier, when something is working. You may be successfully generating revenue from webinar to demo requests to close or whatever that may be, or ebook, thousand ebooks to thousands of emails to 10 appointments to five demo requests to you know one sale. So you may be getting that. It takes a thousand webinar attendees to get one sale or a thousand ebook downloads to get one sale. And you're like, okay, let's just get 2,000 or let's get 10,000. And that's what you're in. And for someone to come in and say, let's change this whole model. Let's remove the gated content or let's just focus on educational content. Let's focus on channels like LinkedIn that, you know, maybe the attribution model or the measurement isn't there like it is on Facebook or whatever that may be. 
It's difficult to measure and it's against the grain of what the organization is used to and what they've seen to be successful up until this point. Hey, thanks for listening. Solomon here. Are you frustrated because you're not getting enough inbound leads? You're worried that the leads that you're getting are not qualified? Or maybe you're disappointed in the conversion rate from the leads to customers, right? It's really, really low. Well, I got good news for you. I talk to business owners every single day. You're not alone, right? Businesses go through this when there is a lack of strategy sometimes. Uh, Maybe the approach isn't appropriate for your situation or sometimes you got all of those things right, but it was just poor execution. I'll tell you what, head over to oneims.com and fill out one of our forms. Talk to one of our consultants. That's all we do. We talk to business owners day in and day out. Share with us your challenges and see if we're a fit, right? See if we can find you a solution to your growing pains. You know, our hope here at OneIMS and especially with this podcast is to give you the tools, the technology, the ideas, the strategies, everything we possibly can for you to succeed. All right. So thank you for listening and let's get back to our topic for the day. Yeah, and I think it's just getting the buy-in. That's what I'm hearing is that if you are so numbers driven, which every company should be, you're not leaving any room for any budget for brand building activities. Yeah. Uh, All the companies that were 80 years ago before we were doing marketing, Taylor, were doing newspaper and TV. What did they do? Right. Everything was around. Go to this restaurant if you wanted this quick service restaurant or the oil change company, whatever it was put a 30 second commercial to build a brand awareness so that when they do put a store in their neighborhood, people just drive right in. Right. They weren't trying to get a coupon code (laughs) on the TV to have a QR code to scan. And then, right. Like it wasn't like that. Yeah. There was no coupon code or a QR code or anything. Yeah. And the big difference there was like where the information was gathered. Right. right? So in that scenario, you, you have a billboard for one, you're limited on the, time that you have, right? We right. we think of like, oh, in today's consumer, today's persona that we're trying to target doesn't have enough time. Like we have so much time to <laughs> explain what we have. And our format is completely different because it can be dynamic. You can change. Imagine if you could change the billboard depending on who's driving yeah. by it or a billboard played audio or video. Billboard or, for <laughs> a company that knows you versus yeah. a company that didn't yeah. know you. So that was the model, like you said. So it was all kind of focused on brand. A lot of times, you know, it's it's just uh, like abstract. You didn't even know what the company was selling, but you knew the brand name. Then the education came through talking to the sales rep or going to the store, yeah. like you said. Now that funnel has flipped, if you will, if you want to look at a funnel and say, okay, now the information lies in the hand of the consumer. So your customer, whether you're B2B or B2C, has the information because they have, you mentioned an iPhone, yeah. they have a computer, they have access to the internet. They can figure out everything they need to know about your product including how much you charge even if you don't have prices on your website so the (laughs) the question becomes then are you going to be the one to educate them or are you going to let your competitor educate them and then when it comes down to time where you are running that performance-based marketing ad you're doing a google search you know someone goes to google they search for a doctor right and you see dr bob and you see dr oz which one are you going to click on? Dr. Right? Because you've heard of them, right? <laughs> so it, it's the same thing that's happening. And then you're going to give that credit to, oh, we're running a great uh, Google, ads, Google campaign. ads campaign. Sure. But let's forget, just for a second, for the sake of this conversation, forget about the credit. 
Forget about the budget allocation. Forget about attribution. The attribution. The, all the tools that we have, all the technology yes. we're paying for. It's just a matter of what are we trying to do? We're trying to educate our market and we're trying to build a better company, a better brand, right? And yes. grow. So if that's what your focus is as a marketer and you forget about all the tools and you don't look at the analytics of, well, you know, what type of post, you know, gets the most right. likes or this or that. And just like put yourself in the shoes of your customer and create the most valuable content that you can and then distribute it to them on the platforms that they are, regardless of how you can measure it. That's again, unscalable, untrackable, going to be the most effective. I guarantee you. That's awesome, dude. You nailed it. Did we miss anything? I think we talked it, about yeah. execution <laughs> and how is it hard to measure? I think we need to finalize on the, how is it hard to measure? Because when you are doing this and people are looking at the good old reports, how do you train yourself that there's elements of it that are not trackable? You have to measure because they're going to say, well, show me a report. You have to measure the big picture outcomes of what you're trying to achieve, which is what I mentioned. Like you, you can measure your close rate. You can measure yep. your sales cycle. You can measure your cost per you can run a survey and ask people, did you know about our brand before? Yeah, I mean, some of that too is like you're leaving it up to chance because then, again, right. if you have five, six interactions, the analytical marketer wants to give credit to that one podcast you did or that one post you put on social media or that one Google ad that you ran. But it's a culmination of all of that. And so forget about how to measure those interactions. I would measure based on the outcome, which is sales cycle, cost of, cost of acquisition is probably the best thing that you could measure yep. because you're going to spend more in the short term on activities, Brand. but you might not even spend more because a lot of companies are spending, a lot of companies hit sort of a point of diminishing returns with their Google ads. And they're like, we want to spend more because we're getting five times return on our ad spend or we're happy with our cost per lead, but there isn't enough search volume. So then you just start spending more on irrelevant clicks, right. which just you spend spend more, more money. Yeah, you spend more, but then you don't get as many quality leads. So focus on the ads, Google ads that are driving the best possible leads. Take the rest of that budget and put it into brand and then watch what happens to your Close cost rate. per acquisition. Right. Can I, um, this is for that VP of sales that's dying to get another lead and it's every lead yeah. is $80. You can just generate another lead and put it through the system and see if the salesperson can close or... You can close more deals if you invest more in the branding because now the $80 lead actually is going to convert, right. not just a bunch of more leads. Right. Again, you're trying to educate them again and tell them we're the best, but they don't know you're the best. Right. Work so, on being the best publicly, right? And then so spending another $80 now means higher probability of that, that one That's closing. your actual like whatever capital investment into that one particular channel. But a lot of companies also don't calculate their own labor costs, like their own human mm. capital. So look at what that organization looks like is a small marketing team, small marketing budget, but still have to spend a lot to generate a lot of leads. And then because we have such a you know field of leads, right. leads, if you're watching this, I'm using air quotes, leads that are coming in, they're all ebook downloads or webinar attendees. Now we're doing this once a week. So let's say we have 100 ebook downloads and 100 you know, webinar attendees, so 200 leads per week that need to be followed up with. How many sales reps do we need, right? So now we have the overhead of all these sales reps that have to spend five, six calls with them to try to understand who's qualified, maybe six calls to get them on the phone, and then another six calls to see if they're qualified and move them along in the sales process. And it's a never-ending cycle. So that $80 lead that you're talking about, maybe it's $20 per attendee that turns out to be 
right. a thousand, fifteen hundred, maybe three thousand dollar cost of acquisition because you have the marketer's time to put together the ebook yep. that no one's actually reading. Then you have the agency or the ad spend or whatever you're using to promote it. Then you have all the technology that you have to use for the automation and workflows. And then on the sales side, you have another, you know, SDR and AE. It's right. like seven people to work on this when, like you said, you understand what's working, hand off the hot leads that are coming in through inbound marketing through like Google ads or SEO, the ones that are actually requesting a quote or something like that to your top salespeople, then reshuffle your department, spend more on the marketing because on the marketing side, on the education piece, you can automate that. You can do that at scale. The more you educate, the more you automate, the more you build that brand, the less salespeople that you're going to need, the shorter those sales cycles are going to be. And the cost of acquisition goes down, not only because you have better quality leads, but also because you have less salespeople to facilitate that because they're higher quality of leads. leads. So the volume of leads probably goes down. The cost per lead, if you look at that metric, probably would go up, but the cost per acquisition would go down. Yep. So brand as a demand accelerator. Did we miss anything? That's it. It's uh, Again, it's not easy. And so if you're listening to this and you're like, yeah, this all makes sense, but how do I convince my boss to let me, you know, throw Tell out our marketing plan and start over it? It's different for every, yeah, it's di- different for every business, how it's going to work, how you're going to execute it, how you're going to measure it. But I would measure based on what metrics are important to your business, which most businesses care about ROI, which is why they look at the wrong metrics on the performance-based marketing. But look at ROI in the sense of, Let's look at all of our marketing costs, our salespeople's costs to make this deal happen, our cost of acquisition, our true cost of acquisition, and let's try to lower that or let's try to scale that at a sustainable rate. And that's where we believe that we've seen brand is a huge accelerator to that, whether you can measure it or not, the exact reason how it's happening, why it's happening, the outcome, the cost of acquisition, revenue, pipeline, that is 100% measurable. I was going to say, you mentioned earlier that boring company, we sell this XYZ widget nobody cares about. What do we need to do? Brand marketing, because that's not how it works. I think for that brand, that person, I got an idea, is that you're solving a problem. Mm -hmm. You're solving a challenge at the end of the day. If you have a business, you're solving somebody's challenge. You can create any and all types of content about the problem and how your organization solves that problem. And that information itself is how you build that and brand. So when people have that problem, they can say, I know that company, they solve that problem. Right. And it, it's probably even more important. And I think it's easier to do in those scenarios. I think it's more important because you have a more complicated problem that you're solving, right? That's right. the whole reason that you're in business. Uh, if you're doing something that you think is boring or you know some sort yeah. of technical engineering type product or service, the reason that you exist and the reason that you provide value is that it is complicated. So you have a more education. That's why it's more important is that, you know, I think for one, those businesses that we see, let's say it's an engineering firm or something like that, right? Or a manufacturing firm, custom sort of manufacturing. A lot of times you're dealing with like the salespeople are engineers, the people that are reaching out to your engineers. And so like, right. it's a very technical conversation and they don't understand this a true kind of sales process like a, a salesperson would. And if you had a real salesperson in there, they don't understand the product enough. So there's a big yeah. gap in communication. That is what marketing is there to do is to educate. Sales is there to facilitate, right? So if you can educate that through marketing, the more, like you said, that you can put information out there about how we solve these problems, the more people that are going to raise their hands is like, I, I have that problem too. 
let me see if these guys can, can right. solve it. And the reason I say it's easier is because who else is doing it? If you say no one in our industry does that, I would look at that as great. It's a wide open you know, yeah. field for us to be that thought leader, which is really the brand marketing that we're talking about. That's awesome. Uh, thank you, Taylor, for enlightening us today. Uh, if you have a question, uh, head over to our website, oneamazon.com slash podcast. We love questions, especially around things like this that may or not be very clear to marketers out there. Um, and, you know, feel free to share this with somebody that you think can benefit from it. And like I said, we all know about those big brands that charge a lot of money because they built a brand, right? They yep. have the ability to do it. Uh, anything else? Subscribe to this. Leave us a comment. Subscribe, like, comment, share. And we'll see you next time. All right. So if you enjoyed this episode, here are five things that you could do to help us. Number one, make sure you click that subscribe button so you never miss another show. Number two, share this with a friend that you know needed to hear this. And three, leave us a comment. We love hearing your thoughts, your ideas, things that you've learned so others can learn from you. And four, if you have a topic that you'd like us to cover, let us know so we can put that in our notes and share our insight All right, for our next episode or the one after that. And finally, you guys, join other growth marketers. Head over to oneims.com and check out all the resources that we have made just for you. I'm talking guides, webinars, blogs, videos, anything that could help you become a growth marketer. All right. So thanks a lot for joining us this week on the Growth Marketers Podcast, and I will see you next time.